It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. Pastor Jack King, I am your host, and well, I'm always excited about these Sunday morning visits that we have here on 94.1. We talk about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We've been doing this getting close to 20 years now, 1,061 shows today. But I do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, and we always speak well of one another. And that seems to have worked out real well over all these years. That reminds me to tell you that if you're involved in Christian ministry in some capacity, why don't you call me and let me get you here, and we'll talk about your passion. Because people ask me all the time, say, well, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about your passion. Whatever it is that God's laid on your heart, that's what we'll talk about, and it'll be a lot of fun. So call me, area code 850-567-1703. That's my cell phone. I have a gentleman here in the studio that was on this show with me uh, way back. <laughs> As a matter of fact, just to kind of put this in perspective, as I said, this is show number 1061. He was show number 29 and show number 35. I have Pastor Rodney West in the show with me. Brother Rodney, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jack. So good to be here. Thank you. It's been good to have you back. And we've been here for a little while in the studio just getting reacquainted. Mm -hmm. And it's just so good to have been able to have done that. Um, years ago, we, we did ministry together. Brother Rodney came and, and spoke at one of my youth camps. And you came to Sunfest, too, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I did. And spoke at one of those events for me. That's back when I was doing uh, the youth uh, work with the southeast region of the Open Bible Churches. And, of course, pastored here in the city of Tallahassee uh, time. You were in Thomasville for a while. And now you are the pastor. Make sure I pronounce this right. Pisca. Mm -hmm. did, did I do good? Yep, perfect. Pisca United Methodist. That is correct. Okay. One of the historical churches, I guess, in Florida in the Leon County. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about it. Well, uh, Pisgah was originally founded in the 1820s by a group of missionaries who came here from South Carolina intending uh, to uh, birth a church. Really? Uh, in the Centerville, what is now called Centerville Road, but in the Centerville community. Um, so when they started the church, it originally met in a brush arbor. Uh, cool. Yep. <laughs> and so... Uh, no, no, wait, but just... I, I what is a, a brush arbor? Yeah, what is a brush arbor? I know what it is, but yeah. the audience may not know. A brush arbor is basically a lean-to type building with uh, brushes, uh, bushes, right. limbs that make the cover. So right. it's open on all four sides, and the top is covered with limbs and pieces of trees and branches. And it would help you to keep the sun off, but it wasn't going to do much for you when it rained. No, or the mosquitoes. That's, <laughs> oh, it was good strictly for the sun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then uh, the church was officially uh, set up in the 1830s, um, and the, they built a building. That building burned down. They built another building in 1859, and that is the building that we meet in right now. Is that right? It is the oldest uh, United Methodist original building that is still being used in Leon County and one of the oldest in the state of Florida. 
That's amazing. <laughs> it really now, is. I was driving down Centerville Road the other day, and I, I see the road. Mm-hmm. And I said, I need to go down. But I, I was busy. I had to get on to what I had to do. And I said, I'm going to do that. And uh, how far down that road is it? From- Probably 100 yards. Oh, Oh, it wouldn't yeah. have taken me long enough. No, not <laughs> at all. Make that little detour. Now, does that road go on and, and some places? Where's it come out at down there? Uh, actually, it it comes out a little further down Centerville Road, a little further. Oh, really? North. So it's just a loop. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. Huh, it's a how loop. about that? Well, see, if I'd have known that, there you go. <laughs> see, as they say, knowledge is power. That's <laughs> if right. I'd have known that, that I could just make the little loop and just going on. Oh, there's this church. Well, I'll do that. I'll, I'll go Good. by there and and see this this church uh, because. I'm kind of a history buff anyway, and I, and I like history. But now, what prompted the people from North Carolina to come down here as missionaries to do this? You know, Jack, I don't know. Um, and I've never really been able to find out. At that time, it was not the United Methodist. It was actually the um, Methodist Episcopal Church. Really? Is what they were part of. Um but why they originally came here, I don't know. How they ended up settling in the Centerville community, I don't know. Because you're uh, thinking at that time, this area where you're talking about right now, that's a good way from Tallahassee. Oh, because yeah. we're talking about before the automobile. Oh, oh, oh yeah. way before. So, I mean, making a journey from there, even to Tallahassee, on a horse and buggy, that's quite a journey. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many miles it is, but horse and buggies don't go all that fast. <laughs> True. And, you know, it's interesting if you, if you read the history of United Methodist churches in this area, a lot of them were founded sort of in that same decade or two. Uh, church in uh, Metcalf. That church is no longer there. The building is there, but there's no one meeting in it. Is that Georgia? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, McSook United Methodist Church. Right. Um, uh, Pisca, uh, another church near Thomasville. All of them were founded in sort of that same area by the same group, or not oh, really? the same group, but that same group that had been sent out. Right. Different ones of that group. So they were hitting these little communities that were within the realm that a circuit rider could kind of cover. Oh, I see. Cover those sure, uh, sure. churches. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, I said, uh, give me the dates again now. When, when was the church first founded? Uh, in the late 1820s. Late 1820s. Mm-hmm. And then the building was built in 1830. Because yeah. right? I'm thinking, I mean, I've been, I read a lot of, of history about denominations and stuff, and I've been reading a, I read a book called Old Time Power. Uh, it's the history of the Pentecostal Holiness Church, mm-hmm. which came out of the Methodist, Methodist Church. Yep. And I'm, I'm, those dates seem to be um, working together here because uh, at that time, the Methodists were – they were the first holiness. I mean, yeah, as, as far exactly as right. their their doctrine, and of course, as they begin to change, that's where a lot of these other groups begin to to break away, right. and be and form the Nazarenes, the the Pentecostal holiness, some of the other denominations, which I find to be interesting. That because the Pentecostal holiness church was established before Azusa Street, and and of course, if somebody's listening to me, they go, "What's Azusa Street?" Well. Pentecost, I mean, Azusa Street is like, that's when it all happened right there. Right. And so many of the, the Assemblies of God, Church of God, even the Open Bible Church that I'm a part of, which came out of the four square, they all had the roots back yep. in what happened in Los Angeles in 1906. Right. But even before that, you had the, the, the holiness movement in the Methodist Church. 
And so, and so the these people who came down from North Carolina, I mean, they were people who who probably were pretty fundamental. <laughs> oh, definitely. And well, if you read the writings of of John Wesley, his sermons, he was he was very evangelical. Uh, certainly had a very fervent passion for Christ, and right. and preached a very uh, you know what we would call today almost fire and brimstone type sermons. Um, but he was if you, if you read some of the incidents that were occurring in his meetings. Uh, Whitfield, some of the men that he was preaching with and uh, meetings that they were holding out what we would call today camp meetings, mm-hmm. um, they were seeing all kind of manifestations sure, of the Spirit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, now, you uh, may know this better than I. When uh, uh, Wesley was in Georgia, is it's, it's, it's a time period about the same or, or not? Or was that earlier? Earlier. Or, or earlier. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how much he f- influence he had because he didn't he didn't learn like Georgia. <laughs> no, no, he did not. No. He he did not stay in Savannah long and went back to England uh, very discouraged. Uh-huh. Of course, you know the story. He's on a ship uh, with a group of Moravians from Germany, and there's a storm that comes up, and uh, while he is fearful that he's going to lose his life, they're on the deck of the ship having a prayer meeting. And it really it it started Wesley on a journey uh, that that really turned his life around. Really, and this is after he's coming back. Oh, he was coming from, back from, as an abject failure in Savannah. In fact, he he fled Savannah, Georgia. Wow! Uh, so he was coming going back to England, feeling that what he had accom- tried to accomplish was a complete failure. And it was on that ship in the middle of a storm that that was when he sort of had his that be, the beginning of his the change and transformation wow. of his life. Well, I tell you what, that's a sermon that'll preach on it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in other words, when you when you when you lay down yourself, yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it reminds me of a sermon that Jack Hayford preached at, at our Open Bible National Convention, our fiftieth anniversary. And, and the text of the sermon, he talked about Abraham after he buried Sarah. Hmm. And then he married uh, the little girl, uh, Keturah, right. and had six children. And what Jack, Jack Hayford, the point was, he says, when he buried the love of his life, then he became fruitful. <laughs> and boy, I tell you what, I, I was a young preacher. That really spoke to me. Yeah, because I know myself. You know, I, uh, young in the in the Lord, young in the ministry, and just so anxious. I want to make my mark. <laughs> oh, yes, and uh, things don't always go like you want it to go. And sometimes, because just what you're talking about here, see, I've not heard this story before, but this is really good. That he when man he laid something down there, and boy, did he make an impact after that. Oh yes, that. and I'm mean, going to talk about the holiness movement. He had so much to do with it, and and of course, it's amazing how transitions take place. The societies change, and churches yeah. change. So many of the of the great denominations that have been. Sometimes you look back and you don't see the passion and the fire. And, I, and who, who am I to judge? I mean, I'm just a, a human myself. But I know that uh, God has a, a work he wants to be done. And sometimes he has to call other people. Sure. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just to do that. That's Well, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, by the way. <laughs> well, you know, um, it's true in 
denominations, what's true in humans, and it's what we read in Revelations. When you begin to move away from that first love, yes, um, it changes everything. And it does. Then yeah. it then it just becomes going through the motions, right? Um, and it's amazing how well we can make that look, mm-hmm. um, but deep inside we know it's just going through the motions. Yeah, I've I, I, I been on my my stump here here lately in my preaching and stuff. Talking about the the Corinthian church, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, of course, you know you you grew up in, in Pentecost, did you? I mean, yes. you were, you were born and raised. Yes. See, see, I was not, and I come out of the. Out of the uh, I mentioned before we went on there the Cane Ridge revival movements of the Christian churches out of Kentucky, and of course that was a a great spiritual move. I mean, you go up to that little museum up in uh, right outside of Paris, Kentucky. Have, have you ever been there? It's, no, I haven't. It's, it's a memorial to the Cane Ridge Revival. The old log church has been in, in, enclosed now. They built a building over the building. The Presbyterian pastor named Martin Stone and that revival started, and people come in their wagons, and they camped, and, and and you read the literature there, they were barking like dogs. I mean, they were just, they were howling. I mean, so, well, I mean, well, this is what in the Pentecost. <laughs> that's Pentecost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But things change as time goes on. So like I said, I didn't grow up in, in the Pentecostal movement, but God brought me into it. And uh, when I first became, quote, a Pentecostal preacher, I thought, well, I got to do what everybody else does. Right. And then... After a while, I'm probably 10, 15, 20 years in the ministry, maybe 20, and I'm just not feeling it anymore. I said, Something's, I just can't do this. And that's when God spoke to me. And uh, one morning, I'm, I'm leaving my house to go to work, and the Spirit of God says, no, you go to your office, and you, you write down what I tell you to write. And it, it, God gave me an outline of sermons. It took me a year and a half to preach these sermons to my congregation because I said, I'm just going to go to the Word and see what the Word says. So that brought me to the church in Corinth. (laughs) Kind of dysfunctional. (laughs) And then it was in the Corinthian church that he tells us about the giftings of the Spirit. And that's my whole stump thing because a lot of things that Paul points out that were happening in that church was not what God intended for these spiritual gifts to be. Right. And so thus we have our whole point here that things, the transition oftentimes is to drift away rather than to become uh, more, quote, fired up. Yeah. <laughs> and Jack, I think you see this more and more that there was a time in which the church impacted the culture. Uh-huh. And now we're living in a time in which the culture is impacting the church. Oh, my goodness. And whenever those roles get reversed, um, that's not good for the culture, nor is it good for the church. No, no. And it's sad. Yeah, it it's is. Very, very, very sad. Yes, it is. And one of the things that uh, I think as I look across the landscape, I say, Lord, where, where are the voices today? Now, there are, there are some out there. There are some. And, uh, but uh, on Sunday nights, you uh, on the local television station, they, they they're showing repeats of the Billy Graham Crusades, and man, you you listen to some of those sermons and you go, wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, Brother Graham, wasn't, he wasn't pulling no punches. No, and, certainly and, and wasn't. The things that he was he was just being very straight with the nation and actually the world. Yeah, but Billy Graham is gone, 
It's just the Lord, where are the voices? Where are the voices that are, that are, that are speaking truth? And uh, But I believe that God has people he's going to be raising up pretty soon because you know, the scripture says in perilous times shall come. I'm not so sure we're not there. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to get theological here. Sure, but, understand. Uh, we're, we're living in strange times. <laughs> yeah. But you know, our, our hope and our, our, um, our confidence is uh, where the scripture tells us that where sin doth much abound, oh, yeah. where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. <laughs> and so when we look at our culture, we can do one of two things. We can either just throw up our hands and say, you know, it's all is lost, Jesus, come get me. Or else we can um, resolve that we are going to stand upon God's word, and even if that costs us a stand against our culture. Wow. And uh, put our trust in God. Uh, and God, the, the Bible is replete with stories of people who stood against the flow because they believed that God yeah. was with them, yeah. and God turned things around for them. The Bible is also full of stories of where people failed and, oh, yes. and were restored. Yes, <laughs> and God, God. God has, uh, well, it's grace. It's yeah. all about grace. Sure. And, and uh, I tell my congregation a lot of times when I'm, when I'm preaching to them, I said, look, I can get up here and I can just really rail against you all and tell you all the do's and don'ts and things you don't that you don't need to do and that sort of thing. Or I can just help you to understand the love of God. Right. <laughs> yeah. And as I've gotten older in ministry, that's become more of my focus. Is if I can if I can help somebody to understand the love of God and they can be drawn to that. And God just has, has a way of taking care of those other things. <laughs> well, you're, that is so true. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I grew up in church, it was really, there was a whole lot of don'ts. Oh, yeah. And very yeah. few do's. In fact, you know, about the only place you could go was church. Yeah. Um, and it, we were not being pointed to the love of God. We were being pointed to the to the judgment of God. Yeah. And my my as a kid growing up in church, my picture of God was that he is this angry being sitting at a desk with a book and a pencil and an eraser and he's writing your name in until you do something wrong and then he's erasing it and then he's writing it in and he's erasing wow, it. Wow, that's a pretty stern view yeah, there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, it it took me years and years and years and years um before I really Begin to see what you're talking about, that love of God. Yeah. And, and when you allow, when you begin to open your heart to that love of God and it captures you and you realize I belong to Jesus and Jesus belongs to me, um, you're, you're exactly right. It yeah. takes care of all the other issues on the side. Yeah. It, it breaks my heart to, to think that there are people, possibly people who are listening to our conversation here this morning. They're outside of the church because they say, I just can't measure up. Yeah. And so they get discouraged and they just say, I'm not coming back anymore. Right. And just for them not to know that God just, he just loves them. And he loves them the way they are. Yep. And if we just give our heart to him, he can make all the difference in the world. Definitely. And I love that expression. It says that he brings the peace. It passes all understanding. 
Um, I, I, my heart breaks for people like that. Oh, yes. And, and for some reason or another, in my mind, I'm thinking of men right now. <laughs> I don't know why. Why am I not thinking that's – for some reason or another, that's just what's in the picture in my mind. I'm just seeing men out there who just – they're just – they're staying away from church because they've just – they've washed their hands over. They're done with it. Right. And I want to say no, no, <laughs> because there's so much to be gained from from being a part of a church family. Right. And that God loves you. God loves you. Just whoever you are, God just loves you. And he's, he's, he's opening his arms to you. I don't know. That's just a lot of times I, I think about as a, as a pastor. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do, I, what, do I, what do I want my church to be? Right. I say I want to be a church to where people who have uh, kind of wandered off can just feel at home and just feel like, hey, you're accepted here, you're loved, <laughs> and uh, we just want you to be a part because there's so much, like I say, the church has so much to offer to a family or, or even to you as an individual sure. as such. Sure. So, so <laughs> we're kind of getting off the point a little bit. <laughs> and I'm not sure what the point is. <laughs> but, uh, Pisgah United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody wanted to come visit with you, how would they find it, and what time are your services, and do you have a website and all this uh, stuff? We do. Yeah. Uh, the church is located off Centerville Road. So if you're going north on Centerville Road, uh, we are about a mile past the intersection of Centerville and Roberts. Okay. You know, there's that Roberts, Crump, Bradfordville Road, right. how they right. keep changing. So we're about a mile beyond that. Okay. Centerville, uh, Pisgah Church Road crosses Centerville Road. Uh, so you just, when you get to Pisgah Church Road, you'd make a right-hand turn, go about 100 yards, you'll come right into the parking lot of the, or the, huh. so the area of the so church. So the church, the road crosses Centerville Road? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I only saw it going off to the right. <laughs> nope. It crosses. So if you were to turn left, it would take you into Bradfordville Road. Okay. Uh, if you turn, I'm sorry, if you turn left, you turn right, it takes you right into the church. Huh. Um, our that? services are Sunday at 11 o'clock. Uh, and, of course, we stream on Facebook Live, uh, as I guess just about all, every church is doing now, thanks to uh, COVID. Well, not every church. <laughs> but, well, we, uh, we tried it. We tried it. It just didn't work for us. But we need to be doing that. So, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's brought a lot of churches into the age of technology, yeah, kicking yeah. and screaming, but it brought Oh, some. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, our, our, um, our website is uh, www.pisca.com. UMCTallahassee.com. Okay. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful church, beautiful congregation. Um, now, when you when you sing, do you use a hymnal? Or we do. do you? It's a traditional service. Wow. Uh, so, yes, we sing out of a hymnal. We pray the Lord's Prayer every Sunday. We pray the or we recite the Apostles' Creed, um, which is interesting because the church I grew up in and the churches I pastored before Pisgah were much more charis, you know, much right. more contemporary, uh, more contemporary songs, worship. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had never read the Apostles' Creed. Huh. I'd never been in a church that prayed the Lord's Prayer each Sunday. Huh. And, you know, Jack, it's, a, it's, a, it's been amazing for me in the eight years we have been there now. I am still, my heart is still touched each Sunday when we begin the Apostles' Creed with the words, I believe. Wow. And then you just go through and you, this is what I believe. Right. Um, and I've thought so many times, if someone were to say to me, 
as a follower of Christ, what do you believe? Uh-huh. Well, I can just recite to them the Apostles' Creed. Wow. Uh, and because it says, this is what I believe. It's yeah. what I believe about God. It's what I believe about Christ. It's what I believe about the church. It's what I believe about the Holy Spirit. What I believe about the future. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's a traditional church, traditional services. Um, but, you know, I think we're living in a time in which there is so much uncertainty and so much uh, instability in uh-huh. our culture and in our nation and in our world. When I think of our church, I think of this is a place that has been here for almost 200 years uh-huh. um, and hasn't gone anywhere. Um, so sometimes so people it's a, lack a little stability. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, um, it's it's been you know it's it's been very uh, strengthening in my life um, and very uh, very eye opening in a in a good way. Uh, now you are quote in a country, of course. Now, mm-hmm. in, in Leon County, there's getting to be less and less country because the city oh, keeps yeah. right. taking it out. Do the people who attend your church live around in that area? Many of them live in that area, and some of them don't. Some of them, um, you know, live in town. Uh, it is just that's the church they've been going to, and um, so they continue to to attend. Okay, uh, but so it's not a it's not a country church. Uh, we are in the country right. as you said out in the county um but it is definitely not a country church and it's not a family church uh it's it's got we have a wide range of people and different backgrounds different denominational backgrounds most of the people in our church did not grow up united methodist they're like really me. they grew up in a different denomination now, in, in the eight years that you've been there has there been people who come in under your ministry there has been. We've been yeah. very blessed. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that, that changes the dynamics, dynamics of a church. Yes, it when does. That happens. It does. I've heard the expression that churches a lot of times take on the personality of the pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah. oh, heaven, heaven help us. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's not, that, I'm thinking that's not a good thing, is it? <laughs> well, the, the thing is, is that when I was pastoring, the Open Bible Church at 8th Avenue, of course, now we're, we've changed our name to Freedom Road and we're over on Capitol Circle. Mm-hmm. We were right in the middle of Midtown, oh, yeah. but my congregation was country. I mean, right. I mean, almost everybody who attended the church at that time lived out in the county and came in on Sunday Sunday morning. <laughs> and I said, "That's really strange. We could we could just have it out in the country someplace, but they, they weren't all from one area of the county. They they, they were all around. Mm-hmm. They, they come in on Sunday morning, so we'd have, and so we kind of had a kind of a country feel." Of our congregation, even though we were in the, in yeah, the middle of town. Middle of town. And now, where we are on Capitol Circle, we're winning people who are kind of in that area and stuff like that, and kind of a mixture of people. Mm-hmm. And to me, I said, Lord, this is a wonderful opportunity to teach and to preach and to, to bring people into knowledge of things. I said, man, this is a great opportunity. Because when you pastor a church that was, when we came here to pastor the church, it was pretty stable as far as their beliefs and their doctrines and stuff. Right. Then things that I'd say didn't have much effect in, as far as changing anybody. But now, where we are now, man, you got people coming in who weren't even saved with them sometimes before they walk through the doors of this church. So as a pastor, man, you're getting the opportunity to, to preach and uh, just have an influence in their lives. Right. And, uh, so that's, that's to me, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. That's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, to me, uh, I mean, as a pastor, 
man, I just want to make a difference in people's lives. Right. That's that's just my heart's desire. Same way with the radio. You know, I, I get behind this radio microphone and I just begin to teach and it goes all over the world. And I get emails from people in Africa and, and Australia and all these places. They say, hey, we don't hear this here. So you know you, you, you're touching people's lives. Right, right. Because I think about, you know, when I was young, the people who had influence in my life. is a, It just continues on. Sure, sure. <laughs> so let me tell my radio audience here. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I get talking to my guests, and I forget that I'm the host sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but for those of you who have been tuning in here in our new home here on 94.1, you've been probably listening to the uh, Saturday Night Gospel sing way before you start listening to the talk show. So you know that Pastor King, he just he just loves it's the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am the host. I get to do this every Sunday morning here on Wave 94, 8 o'clock. And, uh, well, you want to make sure that you join me. And uh, I tell people, says you can listen to the show and still go to church because, well, our service starts at 11.05. Rodney's here. It starts at 11. The time this show's over, it's only 9 o'clock, so you got two hours. <laughs> That's not hard to figure out. And, uh, I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We start at like 1105. FRCM.us, that's our uh, website. You can check it out there. We like visitors. Come and visit with us. Also, I want you to know that uh, these shows go on podcast. Now, if you want to uh, listen to this show later or share it with a friend, you can do that. It's show number 1061. All you got to do is just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee. And it'll come up, and there's all kinds of uh, talk shows there. And also the daily broadcast. And this last week, I've been driving a car that doesn't have a radio in it. And I just took my uh, smartphone, and I just type, pulled up the uh, podcast and just laid it down there on the, on the console. And it was plenty loud enough, and it just you go from uh, uh, Brother Doug's got it set up to where you may listen to an hour of a talk show, and then they do several of the daily broadcast, and then go back to another talk show. And it's just like, listen to the radio. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, I, I'd never even spent a lot of time listening to the podcast. So it's out there. It's available for you. A lot of good interviews. So that's uh, an invitation to do that. Also, join me Saturday nights. Saturday nights, you get that? The best music in the planet i'm just telling you it's southern gospel style seven o'clock it's a saturday night gospel sing with me pastor jack king we'll have a great time we always do and of course the daily broadcast is here on 94.1 11 o'clock uh it's a daily teaching of the word of god and so that's that's your invitation and uh one last thing before we get back to Brother Rodney. It's February. Youth camp is in July, but I'm telling you early. CYMI, Christian Youth Ministries International Youth Camp. This will be our 10th year. And uh, I tell you what, Brother Rodney, are you a product of youth camp? Did you go to youth camp as a kid? No, I did not. Oh, my goodness. You missed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I'm in the ministry today very much because of youth camp. And, and this was with the Christian churches, the impact it had on my life. It really did. Because you get, them, you get kids away from everything, and you're just there. And it's just a powerful thing. Now, we have two camps, junior camp, senior camp, 8 to 12 for the juniors, 12 to 18 for the seniors. 
I'll be getting brochures and stuff together. We'll have it on our website. But uh, make a make a note. Make a note. Brother Rodney West is my guest today. Got him back on the show. Uh, I said, what was it, 29? He was show number 29 and 20 and 35. When he was uh, on the show at 35, he was talking about going to Kenya. Right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, and uh, he was with Brother Bruce McDonald, and they just about killed him. <laughs> that's, a, that's quite a story. But I want to tell you something that happened, Brother Rodney. You don't remember this. But you were scheduled to be on another show with me. And this is going to be a, uh, yeah, I think you're supposed to be live in the studio with me. And that morning, the show was supposed to air at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. You called me at about, might have been 9.30 or a quarter till, and your mother had had a heart attack or something, and you had to rush her to the hospital. <laughs> and here I am with an hour worth of radio content. I'd never done a whole show by myself, but I plowed through it. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Now I, you know, I hated what happened with your mom and everything, right, but uh, right. but uh, I f- discovered I could do it. And I, a lot of times I think back to that. I said, "Well, you know, it couldn't be helped. And you had to go take care of your mom." Right. <laughs> and right. so, so I just said, "Okay, here we go." And I don't remember what I talked about, but but we we got it done. And and of course now I do shows by myself all the time, and I just get in here and just start talking. <laughs> but uh, sometimes God's got to just. Pull the rug out from underneath of us. Yes. And just say, hey, you can do this. Oh, my goodness. That's one of my things. I said, Lord, <laughs> I can do all things through Christ Jesus that gives me the strength to do it. Exactly. Amen. That's right. Well, Brother Rodney, you are a man who you not only have pastored, but you've been bivocational, mm-hmm. too. Now, now, there's been times, if I remember this correctly, that you were full-time with the church. Right. And there have been other times when you've been working a job and pastoring a church. You kind of have a heart for that? You know, um, I do. It's uh, probably the, for me, it was very difficult. Um, And I say very difficult. It was difficult because you're taking one hat off and putting the other one on. Oh, absolutely. And uh, so, but the... uh, the church that I pastored was very gracious. They understood. Yeah. Um, and the place where I worked was very gracious. They understood. Yeah. Now, what would you do? Because you were a banker, right? Right. Okay. So, you have a person that rushed them to the hospital, and it's serious. Would Would you leave the job and go? I would. Um, the The area of banking that I was in um, allowed me some flexibility. I did probably more consulting with businesses than I did sitting in an office at a bank. Okay. And so um, it, it allowed me some flexibility. Um, so there was they, they understood that there's sometimes things that you just can't help that you've got to sure. take care of. Absolutely. So it was a, it was a good thing. Uh, but I'm very grateful that uh, for the past uh, three, well, a little over two years now, I've been able to focus full time on the church um, and and that's been a blessing for sure. me. It is, and I, I, I'm always happy when I hear of a pastor who's able to, right. to do it uh, full time. In my business, and you know what, what kind of business I've been in, I don't usually give that out in the, in the, over the radio. But uh, I remember one time I had a got a call of a gentleman who didn't go to my church, but he was related to one of the families in the church, and um, it was a heart attack. 
And so I had to go, and what I do, I get dirty. So I had to go find me a bathroom someplace, clean up, go to the hospital, stayed there for a while, went back to work, got another call, had to do the same thing three times that day. I had to go get myself cleaned up and then go back to the hospital. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of know what you're talking about. It's sometimes right. it's difficult to do things like that. and But yet... There are so many. I, I know a lot of people who are bivocational. Oh, I do too. And uh, uh, I got a friend down in Deland that has a uh, home improvement business, and and he's same same way. And a lot of times, I know pastors. They really don't get paid much, but they 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 have that call in their heart, and, and they they just they just keep laboring because the call of God is there. Right. And sometimes it's very difficult. And of course, everybody every pastor loves that. Three o'clock in the morning call. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure you've experienced that too. Certainly, yeah. Get Certainly. up, just just wait. What do you do? Well, you get up out of bed and you go wherever it is that you've got to go. That's right. And you take care of whatever's got to be taken care of, and that's just the life of a pastor. Yeah. And I was thinking about you talk about the the circuit riders, the in the communities you were in there. <laughs> you can imagine what that life was like. Oh yeah. Now, of course, I guess they were going back and. On a horse? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it rains. Oh, yes. And it gets cold. <laughs> and yep. probably some lightning, and and they just keep doing what they do. Sure. Wow. Just think about this. Faithful people over all these years that God has called, they respond to the call of God, and they just go forth, and they just do it. Right. Uh, I don't know whether everybody in your church congregation fully uh comprehends and appreciates that what do you think um you know i i try to bring it up and remind our church of that and one of the reasons i do that is because of the historical nature of our church and our church has been in existence for almost 200 years and i i sometimes am reminded of how many prayers have been prayed on that piece of property wow that we are still building on Wow, and how many prayers have been prayed that God is still wait is that or the answer is still out in front of us, and so I, I try to remind our people that that we're standing on a very solid foundation, but we're standing on that foundation because people sacrificed. Wow, because people were willing to do whatever they needed to do because they believed that God was calling them to do that, and also some. Uh very faithful people. Very. And uh, I, I'm thinking uh, this week I had to go, um, a gentleman who's been in my church ever since I've been here, and he's he's on his deathbed, and uh, the family just gave me an opportunity just to go in and just be with him alone. Now, he can't respond. Right. And I just sit there and just begin to talk to him about our ministry together. And I, then a song would come to my mind, and I just started singing and that was such a refreshing thing to me because me and this gentleman, I mean, there have been times, you know, of problems in the church. He was there with me and always stood by me. I thank God for people like that who've been faithful in churches. That's right. I remember the little, little church I grew up in, Kentucky, and the, a couple families that were very instrumental in keeping that church alive. All those saints are gone now. Right. You know. And then you know, I think there's still a grandson still in the church. And you think about all those people, because every church has to have those anchors. 
That's right. And then that's what happens why you see so many churches uh, close because those anchors are gone. Right. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm just of a, of a person who sometimes I get busy in life and I don't reflect on these type of things. But the kingdom of God is just full of people who have been faithful and served, sometimes in difficult things. <laughs> you talk about the, the the circuit rider and have been out there in the in the rain and the snow and the, well, you don't get a whole lot of snow down here, but in some of the areas that they would, it's just amazing that uh, God has sustained us over the years. But now, do we have that type of faithfulness in the church? You think? Unfortunately, Jack, I I don't think we do. I think, um, you know, I wonder, COVID has been such a uh, uh, mystery for many of us and such a divisive issue in um, our nation, in the world, and in the church. Sure. Um, You know, there are, uh, at our church, the cemetery is there, and there are people who buried there who... um, died in 1841 when a yellow fever epidemic came through the Centerville community, and yet the church kept meeting. Um, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I think that the faithfulness right now is, is being tested. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's, I think that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's being tested. And, you know, but Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Yeah. And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And he's still building the church. Now, it may be five years from now, it may look somewhat quite different from what it looks like right now, but it's, he's building his church. Well, the Scripture tells us that uh, God's going to pour out his Spirit before he wraps it all That's up. Right. So, so we can anticipate this thing we've been praying for for years, which we say, Lord, send revival across the land. Right. God's going to do something that's going to cause people to come to a uh, a place to begin to reflect because you, you think back 2001 when when the planes hit those towers and i and i've often reflected back on that the first thing that really happened that that was was on a thursday what it, it's like a, it's a tuesday it was a tuesday because i remember on friday they had the big memorial service right. in the National Cathedral there. I said, and I said, exactly. it was the first thing we did. We went to church. We start crying out to God. And for a while, there was a change. Now, it, it, it waned, but it kind of gives you an idea. Sure. And, of course, we don't like to think that there'd be suffering, but sometimes suffering happens, and yeah. suffering sometimes brings people to uh, rethink things. Sure. To reflect Right, because well, sometimes like I said, we said this a little while ago. Him whom he loveth, he chasteth, <laughs> and sometimes that's what has to happen. But we pray that that uh, well that that would be a, a a move of God across the land because of our loved ones and our young yes. ones. Sure, you know because we want to see them grow up in faith, and we want to see them in heaven. <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's what I, I talk about. The Saturday Night Gospel sing the Saturday Night Show. I do. I said in gospel music, man, we talk, we sing about heaven. <laughs> I mean, just about every other song. And the, the other the other night, I was doing the show, and I and after I, I'd played three songs in a row that I talked about heaven. I said, did y'all did y'all notice that? <laughs> I said, imagine that a gospel song that sings about heaven. <laughs> but we do believe 
We right. believe that's a heaven. Oh, yes. And I know I want my children and my grandchildren. That's the greatest desire of my heart. I want to see them. I want to see them in, in, uh, in heaven. Sure. And I want to, my loved ones, I want to see them in heaven. And so, sure. God, if it takes, whatever it takes to send revival, to bring people to repentance and a right relationship with God, well, what grieves us is when we start seeing the churches on Sunday morning and the pews are just empty. Right. Yeah. And you say, well, where are the people? <laughs> where are they on Sunday morning? Where are they? Right. And does that mean that they've wandered completely away from faith or they they just not going to church on Sunday? What do you think? I think it's a combination of both. I think um, people have found that uh, they, they've they grown accustomed to not going to church. And because now of the COVID? Is, because of COVID yeah. and now something is filling that space uh-huh. that was there. Um, you know, it's... It it saddens me, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, Jack, you were talking about revival. Uh, one of the terms we use sometimes is, a, you know, God, we need a great awakening. Sure. Um, and in order for there to be an awakening, it first all implies that there's someone asleep. You don't wake up people who are awake. You oh, wake up people who point. are asleep. And I don't know what it's going to take to wake up the church. Right. I think the process is probably beginning. We're just not. It's sort of yeah. like the alarm clock is, is ringing really softly, but it's going to get louder. But I think we're going to see a, what what will lead up to it. I don't think anyone knows, but I think we're going to see a, an outpouring of God's spirit on the church unlike anything we've ever seen before. Wow. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be on the when I say church, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about right. the body of Christ. But there is something about being connected. Mm-hmm. There's something about, you know, the, the scripture James says, pray one for another. Confess your faults one to another. If any of you are sick, go to the elders of the church. Um, you know, there is a connection there that God intended. You know, we read... Uh, the scripture where it tells us that we're not to forsake right. assembling right. ourselves right. together in the book of, the book of Hebrews. Right. Um, and it is very easy to forsake that, yeah. but there is a reason that God calls us to meet together. Yeah. Now, part of it is a, is a discipline. Mm-hmm. It's just, just to be disciplined, and it, it's very easy to break a discipline. Oh, yes. And, of course, the whole, the whole COVID thing where all of a sudden people, you, you can't go to church now. And well, yeah, then after a few Sundays, that becomes a habit. I talk about the same thing about uh, being in the Word every day and reading the Word of God. That's a discipline because your your natural self is not going to want to do that. Sure. It has to be a discipline that you said, this is what I will do. Right. Because the thing, the thing about it, when it says forsake not the assembling together of the saints, it's not only just for you. <laughs> you know, when you're not there, there's an influence that you may have had in somebody's life that's not going to be there. Exactly. And uh, again, I'm thinking back to, to my childhood in the little church that I grew up in. There were people who had a tremendous impact in my life. They probably don't even know it. Well, if they're not there, <laughs> sure, then that's not going to happen. Right. So, yeah. So back to those people who perhaps maybe they they well, I didn't go, and now I don't really want to go because I have met a lot of people who tell me they're just not going anymore. Right. And uh, it's kind of shocking to me. Well, I think it's time to rethink it. <laughs> and I agree. 
and uh, the church needs you. Your church needs you. I'm telling Definitely. you. We need to, need to get back because we've got work to do. I mean, the kingdom of God is, is speaking loud and clear. Jesus said the fields are white. Yeah. They're white in the harvest. But where are those labors? Where are they at? Well, <laughs> you tell me. They may, <laughs> I think they may be sleeping in on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, of course, you know, people say, well, it's so early. But yet they go to work much earlier than that. <laughs> I said, right. give me a better reason than that. Yeah. <laughs> At exactly. least to humor me. <laughs> Anyways, such as this. Anyway, um, the gospel on the radio talk show. That's what you're listening to here today. You're on 94.1 on your radio dial. Brother Rodney West is my guest. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And I want to give you an invitation to join us every Sunday morning here for a good full hour of gospel talk. And um, if you uh, come and be a guest, then we'll talk about you. (laughs) How's that? That's a Brother Rodney, uh, how many years have you been in the ministry now? Pastor, I have been in the ministry about 27 years. 27 years. Do you remember back to the call of God in your life? Can you remember that? I do. What what brought that on? Um, I was a junior in college at Florida State, um, and had an event that uh, happened in my life that really I hate to use I don't want to use the word disrupted but completely just kind of was like a wake up call in my life and I realized that there's some things in my life that questions that I need answers to and so the church that I was attending the pastor was gracious enough to allow me to come to the church every day at 12 o'clock and that was my prayer time Really, and it was during that time that that I really surrendered to what I believed was God's call on my life. My mom had told me um, before I was born, the doctor had told her that I would be born with a blood disorder, and uh, so they had because of her blood, um, and so they had already set up everything in the delivery room. This was in 1955 uh, to do a complete blood transfusion as soon as I was born. And she said that she was in the uh, delivery room, and no one was in there yet. And she prayed, and she said, God, if you'll give me a healthy son. And this was before the days of ultrasounds. She had no idea whether I was a boy or a girl. Wow. If you'll give me a healthy son, I'll give him to you all the days of his life. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I was born completely healthy. Um, And so uh, God has been good to me in... Uh, answering that prayer of my mother. Wow. And uh, even in times when I have struggled in my life, God has remained faithful. Wow. And I, to answer that prayer and to bring that that vow that she made to fulfillment. Because, you know, it's funny. This, this morning in my reading, I was reading about Hannah. Oh, right. <laughs> it's just, That's the it's just ironic that you're, you're telling this now because yeah. I, uh, she said, I've, I've lent him to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, she said, as soon as he's weaned, I'm, I'm bringing him back. That's right. And I thought about, poor old Eli. <laughs> he didn't know what to do about this. <laughs> I got this baby to raise now. <laughs> that, that is an incredible story. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you uh, – um, like say so you you pretty much grew up in church. I mean you. Oh yes. Yeah. So oh yes. That 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 type of a background and such like that. It's it, to me. It's it's so precious when God speaks to 
people when they're young. Right. You know, it was just just to know that that God's guy's eye on you. <laughs> it's just like that. And I'm one of those. I mean, I I can't think of a time in my life when I did not know I'd be a preacher. And I even uh, the little church that I grew up in was Sunrise Christian Church in Sunrise, Kentucky, a little village there in Kentucky. And uh, like I said, very young, probably five, maybe years, maybe younger. <laughs> and I remember making the statement, I said, well, if I become a preacher, what's Brother Bob going to do? And that was that was the pastor. <laughs> I think, the only church I know of is Sunrise Christian Church. And if I'm going to be the pastor, he's going to be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, through my life, I had those times of questioning. Of course, we sure. all do. Yes. And of course, the Lord uh, confirmed it as we go along. But those are precious things. People, a lot of times, don't realize that children can hear from God. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with a, a CF Child Evangelism Fellowship? Mm-hmm. Did you know that the founder of that did not believe that children could be saved? No. That's how it all started. <laughs> he was adamant that. Children could not be saved, and so he set out to prove it. <laughs> you, uh, you, know was, how, you know how that always. Oh yes, <laughs> and uh, he ends up, of course, uh, totally changing his mind and founding this whole organization as, as a result of it. But my my children have all come to Christ early, and and uh, and they're serving God today. And I have two granddaughters that uh, they're they're young. I've baptized both of them already. Wow! And, and of course, the others are in other churches and have been baptized. Yeah, I believe the children can be can be saved. No doubt. And, and children can have a relationship with God, and they can hear from God. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, talk about Hannah and little Samuel <laughs> laying there at night, and then he hears this voice, and he didn't know what was going on. Sure. I th- I, I just think that's tremendous. And, uh, uh, and, of course, to have a godly mother like you, you have described here, that's a, just a precious thing. So how were you then? Um, when I finally, yeah, uh, I would have been 19, 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then of course, if 19, you weren't through with college yet. No, yeah. I uh, finished up at Florida state and, uh, then, uh, went right into pastoring a church in Thomasville, Georgia. Really? Yeah. So you were still pretty young. Oh, I was very young. <laughs> Uh, I was probably too young, oh, well. uh, but I had a I had a uh, pastor who really was a mentor to me, uh-huh. and uh, just just answered questions for me and um, really taught me what it meant to be a pastor. And, and was your congregation patient with you? Oh, very, yeah, very. Bless their hearts. That's all I can say is bless their hearts. But see, the thing about it, that's, that's part of the answer, too. Yeah. It's just when you have a congregation that's patient. When, when my wife and I came here to pastor the Open Bible Church, she was 19 years old. And my congregation was very gracious. To, they, didn't, they didn't push things on her. They let her grow into the ministry. Now, we've been at the church over 40 years, and she's a wonderful pastor's wife. But... That was a process. Right. Fortunately, the people were patient, and they and they they didn't make her do things that she wasn't ready to do just yet. And so, it sounds like the church you were pastoring was the same way. Definitely, yeah. definitely. See, all of these things, brother Rodney, 
all the things we've talked about here tonight, or this morning, <laughs> we're, we're recording at night, we're going to air it in the morning, all have to do with impacting God's kingdom, which we are a part of. And it really comes down to people. We care about people. Right. Yeah. In your church, in my church. So tell them, we got just about a minute, a little over a minute. Okay. Pisca Church website gives all that kind of thing again. Sure. Uh, Pisca is located at 7000 Pisca Church Road, which is off of Centerville Road here in Tallahassee. Um, and the website is www.pumctallahassee.com. Um, our services begin Sundays at 11 o'clock. Okay. Um, so. We would and, love and to. be prepared to have a service that's a kind of traditional, singing oh, out the hymn yeah, book. That's and, exactly right. Uh, a good word from God. Uh, cool. Uh, you never know, I might just show up some Sunday morning. I'd love to have that. <laughs> love you that. Father God, I am so thankful, Lord, for this time that I've had to share with Brother West. Lord God, I just pray your blessings upon him and his uh, wife and family. Father God, we pray over this radio audience. Lord God, bless them. Father God, let a hedge be about them and their families. Father God, we pray for America, mm-hmm. and Lord, we pray for peace. Lord, peace in this world, Father God. And Lord God, we pray for the nation of Israel and for the city of Jerusalem. And Lord, these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Rodney, it's been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Pastor. I've enjoyed being here. Thanks I appreciate for, it. Thanks for coming and being with us. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.